Chapter 11 of At the Foot of the Rainbow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Wooly B. At the Foot of the Rainbow by Jean Stratton Porter. Chapter 11 The Pot of Gold. Mary had not been in the Dolan home an hour until Katie knew all she could tell of her trouble. Mrs. Dolan was practical. Go to see Father Michael, she said. What's he for but to help us? Go ask him what Jimmy told him. Tell him how you feel and what you know. He can tell you what Danny knows and then you will understand where you are at. Mary was on the way before Mrs. Dolan fully finished. She went to the priest's residence and asked his housekeeper to inquire if he would see her. He would, and Mary entered his presence strangely calm and self-possessed. This was the last fight she knew of that she could make for happiness, and if she lost, happiness was over for her. She had need of all her wit, and she knew it. Father Michael began laughing as he shook hands. "'Now look here, Mary,' he said." I've been expecting you. I warn you before you begin that I cannot sanction your marriage to a Protestant. Oh, but I'm going to convert him, cried Mary so quickly that the priest laughed harder than ever. So that's the lay of the land, he chuckled. Well, if you'll guarantee that, I'll give in. When shall I read the bans? Not until we get Danny's consent, answered Mary, and for the first time her voice wavered. He said, and is Danny dilatory? Danny is the finest man that will ever live in this world, said Mary, but he don't want to marry me. To my certain knowledge, Danny has loved you all your life, said Father Michael. He wants nothing here or hereafter as he wants to marry you. Then why don't he tell me so? sobbed Mary, burying her burning face in her hands. Has he said nothing to you? gravely inquired the priest. No, he hasn't, and I don't believe he intends to, answered Mary, wiping her eyes and trying to be composed. There is something about Jimmy that is holding him back. Mrs. Dolan thought you'd help me. "'What do you want me to do, Mary?' asked Father Michael. Two things,' answered Mary promptly. "'I want you to tell me what Jimmy confessed to you before he died, "'and then I want you to talk to Danny "'and show him that he is free from any promise "'that Jimmy might have got out of him.' "'Will you?' "'A dying confession,' began the priest. "'Yes, but I know,' broke in Mary.' I saw them fight, and I heard Jimmy tell Danny that he'd lied to him to separate us. But he turned right around and took it back, and I knew Danny believed him then. But he can't after Jimmy confessed it again to both of you. What do you mean by saw them fight? Father Michael was leaning toward Mary anxiously. Mary told him. Then that is the explanation to the whole thing, said the priest. Danny did believe Jimmy when he took it back, and he died before he could repeat to Danny what he had told me. And I have the feeling that Danny thought himself in a way to blame for Jimmy's death. He was not. 
Oh, he was not, cried Mary Malone. Didn't I live there with them all those years? Danny was always as good as gold to Jimmy. It was shameful the way Jimmy imposed on him and spent his money and took me from him. It was shameful, shameful. Be calm, be calm, cautioned Father Michael. I agree with you. I am only trying to arrive at Danny's point of view. He well might feel that he was responsible if, after humoring Jimmy like a child all his life, he at last lost his temper and dealt with him as if he were a man. If that is the case, he is of honor so fine that he would hesitate to speak to you no matter what he suffered. And then it is clear to me that he does not understand how Jimmy separated you in the first place and lied me into marrying him when i told him over and over how i loved danny jimmy malone took everything i had to give and he left me alone for fifteen years with my three little dead babies that died because i had no heart to desire life for them and he took my youth and he took my womanhood and he took my man mary arose in primitive rage you needn't bother she said I'm going straight to Danny myself. Don't, said Father Michael softly. Don't do that, Mary. It isn't the accepted way. There is a better. Let him come to you. But he won't come. He don't know. He's in Jimmy's grip tighter in death than he was in life. Mary began to sob again. He will come, said Father Michael. Be calm. Wait a little, my child. After all these years... Don't spoil a love that has been almost unequaled in holiness and beauty by anger at the dead. Let me go to Danny. We are good friends. I can tell him Jimmy made a confession to me that he was trying to repeat to him when punishment, far more awful than anything you have suffered, overtook him. Always remember, Mary, he died unshriven. Mary began to shiver. Your suffering is over continued the priest. You have many good years yet that you may spend with Danny. God will give you living children, I am sure. Think of the years Jimmy's secret has hounded and driven him. Think of the penalty he must pay before he gets a glimpse of paradise, if he be not eternally lost. I have, exclaimed Mary, and it is nothing to the fact that he took Danny from me, and yet kept him in my home while he possessed himself for years may he burn mary let that suffice cried the priest he will the question now is shall i go to danny will you tell him just what jimmy told you will you tell him that i have loved him always yes said father michael will you go now i cannot i have work i will come early in the morning you will tell him everything she repeated i will promised father michael mary went back to mrs dolan's comforted she was anxious to return home at once but at last consented to spend the day now that she was sure danny did not know the truth her heart warmed toward him she was anxious to comfort and help him in the long struggle which she saw he must have endured by late afternoon she could bear it no longer and started back to rainbow bottom in time to prepare supper for the first hour after mary had gone danny whistled to keep up his courage by the second he had no courage to keep 
by the third he was indulging in the worst fit of despondency he had ever known he had told her to stay a week a week it would be an eternity there alone again could he bear it he got through to mid-afternoon some way and then in jealous fear and foreboding he became almost frantic one way or the other this thing must be settled fiercer raged the storm within him and at last toward evening it became unendurable at its height the curling smoke from the chimney told him that mary had come home an unreasoning joy seized him he went to the barn and listened he could hear her moving about preparing supper as he watched she came to the well for water and before she returned to the cabin she stood looking over the fields as if trying to locate him danny's blood ran hotly and his pulses were leaping go to her go to her now demanded passion struggling to break leash you killed jimmy you murdered your friend cried conscience with unyielding insistence poor danny gave one last glance at mary and then turned and for the second time he ran from her as if pursued by demons but this time he went straight to five mile hill and the grave of jimmy malone he sat down on it and within a few feet of jimmy's bones danny took his tired head in his hands and tried to think and for the life of him he could think but two things that he had killed jimmy and that to live longer without mary would kill him hour after hour he fought with his lifelong love for jimmy and his lifelong love for mary night came on the frost bit the wind chilled and the little brown owls screeched among the gravestones and danny battled on morning came the sun arose and shone on danny sitting numb with drawn face and bleeding heart mary prepared a fine supper the night before and patiently waited and when danny did not come she concluded that he had gone to town without knowing that she had returned tilly grew sleepy so she put the child to bed and presently she went herself father michael would make everything right in the morning but in the morning danny was not there and had not been mary became alarmed she was very nervous by the time father michael arrived he decided to go to the nearest neighbor and ask when danny had been seen last as he turned from the lane into the road a man of that neighborhood was passing on his wagon and the priest hailed him and asked him if he knew where danny macnown was back in five mile hill a man with his head on his knees is a settin on the grave of jim malone and i allow that would be danny macnown the damn fool he said father michael went back to the cabin and told mary he had learned where danny was and to have no uneasiness he would go to see him immediately and first of all you'll tell him how jimmy lied to him i will said the priest he entered the cemetery and walked slowly to the grave of jimmy malone danny lifted his head and stared at him i saw you said father michael and i came in to speak with you he took danny's hand you are here at this hour to my surprise i didn't know that ye should be surprised at my comin' to sit by jimmy at ony time coldly replied danny he was my only friend in life 
and another mon so fine I'll never know. I often come here. The priest shifted his weight from one foot to the other, and then he sat down on a grave near Danny. For a year I've been waiting to talk with you, he said. Danny wiped his face, and, lifting his hat, ran his fingers through his hair as if to arouse himself. His eyes were dull and listless. I am afraid I am no fit to talk sensibly, he said. I am much troubled. Some other time. Could you tell me your trouble? asked Father Michael. Danny shook his head. I have known Mary Malone all her life, said the priest softly, and been her confessor. I have known Jimmy Malone all his life, and heard his dying confession. I know what it was he was trying to tell you when he died. Think again. Danny McNown stood up. He looked at the priest intently. Did ye come here purposely to find me? Yes. What do ye want? To clear your mind of all trouble and fill your heart with love and great peace and rest. Our Heavenly Father knows that you need peace of heart and rest, Danny. To fill my heart with peace, ye will have to prove to me that I'm no responsible for the death of Jimmy Malone, and to give it rest, ye will have to prove to me that I'm free to marry his wife. Ye can do neither of those things. I can do both, said the priest calmly. My son, that is what I came to do. Danny's face grew whiter and whiter as the blood receded and his big hands gripped at his sides. Ay, but ye canna, he cried desperately. Ye canna. I can, said the priest. Listen to me. Did Jimmy get to anything at all said to you? He said, Mary, and then he choked on the next word. Then he gasped out yours, and it was over. Have you any idea what he was trying to tell you? Nah, answered Danny. He was mortal sick and half delirious, and I paid little heed. If he lived, he would tell me when he was better. If he died, nothing mattered, fra I was responsible, and better friend Mon never had. There was nothing on earth Jimmy wouldna have done for me. He was so big-hearted, so generous. My God, how I have missed him. How I have missed him. Your faith in Jimmy is strong, ventured the bewildered priest, for he did not see his way. Danny lifted his head. The sunshine was warming him, and his thoughts were beginning to clear. My faith in Jimmy Malone is so strong, he said, that if I lost it, I should never trust another living mon. He had his faults to others, I admit that, but he never had only to me. He was my friend, and above my life I loved him. I would gladly die to save him. And yet you say you are responsible for his death. Let me tell ye, cried Danny eagerly, and began on the story the priest wanted to hear from him. As he finished, Father Michael's face lighted. What folly, he said that a man of your intelligence should torture yourself with the thought of responsibility in a case like that. Anyone would have claimed the fish in those circumstances. Priest that I am, I would have had it, even if I fought for it. 
any man would and as for what followed it was bound to come he was a tortured man and a broken one if he had not lain out that night he would a few nights later and it was not in your power to save him no man can be saved from himself danny did what he said make no impression on you enough that i would have killed him with my naked hands if he hadn't a taken it back of course he had to retract if i'd believed that of jimmy after the life we lived together i would curse god and mon and break for woods and live and die there alone then what was he trying to tell you when he died asked the bewildered priest to take care of mary i judge not to marry her and take her for your own danny began to tremble remember i talked with him first said father michael and what he confessed to me he knew was final he died before he could talk to you but i think it is time to tell you what he wanted to say he he was trying trying to tell you that there was nothing but love in his heart for you that he did not in any way blame you that that mary was yours that you were free to take her that what cried danny wildly are ye sure oh my god perfectly sure answered father michael jimmy knew how long and faithfully you had loved mary and she had loved you mary had loved me careful mon are you sure i know said father michael convincingly i give you my priestly word i know and jimmy knew and was altogether willing he loved you deeply as he could love any one danny and he blamed you for nothing at all the only thing that would have brought jimmy any comfort in dying was to know that you would end your life with mary and not hate his memory hate cried danny hate father michael if ye have come to tell me that danny and held me responsible for his death and he was willing for me to have mary your face looks like the face of god to me danny gripped the priest's hand are ye sure are ye sure mon he almost lifted father michael from the ground i tell you i know go and be happy some other day i will try to thank ye said danny turning away no i'm in a little of a hurry he was halfway to the gate when he turned back does mary know this he asked she does said the priest you are one good man danny go and be happy and may the blessing of god go with you danny lifted his hat and jimmy too he said put jimmy in father michael may the peace of god rest the troubled soul of jimmy malone said father michael and not being a catholic danny did not know that from the blessing for which he had asked he hurried away with the brightness of dawn on his lined face which looked almost boyish under his whitening hair mary malone was at the window and turmoil and bitterness were beginning to burn in her heart again maybe the priest had not found danny maybe he was not coming maybe a thousand things then he was coming coming straight and sure coming across the fields and leaping fences at a bound coming with such speed and force as comes the strong man fifteen years denied mary's heart began to jar and thump and waves of happiness surged over her and then she saw that look of dawn 
of serene delight on the face of the man, and she stood aghast. Danny threw wide the door and crossed her threshold with outstretched arms. Is it true? he panted. That thing that Father Michael told me, is it true? Will ye be mine, Mary Malone? At last, will ye be mine? Oh, my girl, is the beautiful thing that the priest told me true? The beautiful thing that the priest told him! Mary Malone swung a chair before her and stepped back. Wait! she cried sharply. There must be some mistake. Tell me exactly what Father Michael told you. He told me that Jimmy not held me responsible for his death that he loved me when he died, that he was willing I should have ye. Oh, Mary, wasn't a that splendid of him? Wasn't he a grand man? Mary, come to me. Say that it's true. Tell me if ye love me. Mary Malone stared wide-eyed at Danny and gasped for breath. Danny came closer. At last he had found his tongue. For the love of mercy, if ye are coming to me, come new mary he begged my arms will split if they dinna get round ye soon dear jimmy told me fra sixteen years ago how i loved ye and he told me when he came back how sorry ye for me and he he almost cried when he told me i never saw a mon feel so grand old jimmy no other mon like him mary drew back in desperation you see here danny mcnown she screamed. You see here. I do, broke in Danny. I'm looking. All I ever saw, or see now, or shall see, till I dee is here, when here is ye, Mary Malone. Oh, if a woman could ever understand what passion means to a man. If ye knew what I have suffered through all these years, you'd end it, Mary Malone. Mary gave the chair a shove. Come here, Danny, she said. Danny cleared the space between them. Mary set her hands against his breast. One minute, she panted, just one. I have loved ye all my life. Me, man, I never loved anyone but you. I never wanted anyone but you. I never hoped for any heaven better than I knew I'd find in your arms. There was a mistake. There was an awful mistake when I married Jimmy. I'm not telling you now, and I never will. But you must realize that. Do you understand me? Hardly breathed Danny. Hardly. Weel, you can take your time if you want to think it out, because that's all I'll ever give you. There was a horrible mistake. It was you I loved and wanted to marry. Now bend down to me, Danny McNown, because I'm going to take your head on me breast and kiss your dear face until I'm tired, said Mary Malone. An hour later, Father Michael came leisurely down the lane, and the peace of God was with him. A radiant Mary went out to meet him. You didn't tell him, she cried accusingly. You didn't tell him. The priest laid a hand on her head. Mary, the greatest thing in the whole world is self-sacrifice, he said. The pot at the foot of the rainbow is just now running over with the pure gold of perfect contentment. But had you and I done such a dreadful thing as to destroy the confidence of a good man in his friend. Your heart never could know such joy as it now knows in this sacrifice of yours, and no such blessed shining light could illumine your face. That is what I wanted to see. 
i said to myself as i came along she will try but she will learn as i did that she cannot look in his eyes and undeceive him and when she becomes reconciled her face will be so good to see and it is you did not tell him either mary malone end of chapter 11 the pot of gold recording by woolly b end of at the foot of the rainbow by jean stratton porter